Happy Thursday. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. It's so weird to say host. I mean, like, the more I think about it and more I say it, I'm like, am I your host? I'm just me. I'm just talking, babbling. Sometimes we have a guest and I guess then I'm a host, but then not really. I'm just, again, talking. I'm just telling you what's happening on pop culture. I'm your guide. I am your spiritual pop culture leader throughout the week. Um, but anyway, I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are warm. It For many, many people across the United States and elsewhere, it's, it's record cold. I am meant to go to New York this weekend and I have been tracking, I mean, I'm cold in LA and it's 60 degrees and I'm tracking the weather in New York and it's like 22 degrees on Friday with snow. So we'll see. And I've seen all these TikToks and Insta stories of people I know or people I don't, just people on planes being de-iced for like the third time on their way to someplace. And if you guys read the newsletter or just are out in the world on social media, you saw the videos of like the football games. So there's the Buffalo Bills game where the entire stadium, which is, can someone explain to me why is it, is it, is it because it's part of their DNA? Why they don't have a covered stadium at this point? I mean, it's sort of the thing to do now. I remember being at the um, US Open tennis championships, you know, the tennis tournament in New York, and it used to be unbearable to sit there because it was just so hot. It was this open arena or it would rain all the time as it does in the summer in New York. And they finally, you know, put a cover on it and it makes it so you have a, it's cooler or you don't have the rain. Why don't they do this in Buffalo when you're playing football in the winter time? It to me now feels like it's they can't complain. This is what they wanted. But the entire stadium was covered in snow that they actually asked fans and they paid fans like $20 an hour or something to come and help shovel. And uh, like, there's nothing in this world that I love. Like I could go without food for two weeks and you could say, I'm going to put out an in and out burger spread and brie and all of your favorite things, but you have to sit in a snow filled stadium at 18 degrees. It feels like negative five for three hours. Like I'll just say, I'll go another day without food. I couldn't do it. Like that is not my happy zone, but the videos are great. I mean, you know, I, I, I applaud the Buffalo toughness. You see some of these guys, granted, they have a few extra layers of, of flesh to keep them a little insulated, but they're like in their boxer shorts, sliding down the snow filled sort of areas in the arena. And the guys are all drinking beer and it looks, it, I get it. When I was in college, I think I probably would have done something for a minute like that, but it is cold. And I don't know why they would cover would not make it a covered stadium. Think about the money that is wasted when people don't come to these stadiums or they have to delay it. I, I don't know. Somebody please get back to me and tell me why the Buffalo Bills football stadium is an open stadium. Please tell me. And besides it being just too expensive because it's the NFL, there's a lot of money. Um, and then there was, speaking of the NFL, there's the Taylor Swift team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and a meme that has gone around the world where you had Taylor wearing a really cool, I guess it was made by a friend of theirs, vintage Kansas City, like 
down coat that was made specifically for her and her friend, the wife of, of uh, the quarterback, Mahomes. Um, they're both wearing these sort of really cool quilted puffer vintage Kansas City coats, jackets. But she's in the suite, which is still obviously – I don't know, I guess hot, cold, and they had this sort of frosted over glass and she had wiped it down like you would do so you could see. And there's just this like perfect, like it's an album cover of like Taylor perfectly uh, highlighted through this this little area that is cleared out on her on her glass with her perfectly bow lips with her perfect lipstick and sort of gazing out onto the field with a little smile it launched a million memes and it's great but it's cold it's cold everywhere apparently except for caribbean so let's all get to the caribbean ASAP, um specifically jamaica which is my happy place and i will be there in a month and i can't wait i digress we had a lot going on. Uh, we're in the time machine, so I'm actually recording this on Tuesday. Yesterday was MLK Day. And in the newsletter, you know, I I know that the I Have a Dream speech from Martin Luther King is the one we are all so familiar with. But he was an incredible speaker on so many different platforms and speeches and settings that there was this one that I remember my mom really, it resonated with her because she always brought it to me. Like, what is your blueprint for your life? Like, what is your blueprint? Which is a speech that Martin Luther King gave about the sort of, I think it must've been to a college class, but like, what is your future? Set your blueprint and made the analogy of, you know, blueprint from building a building. And that's where it all, the core is. It's a really beautiful speech. So I put that in the newsletter, check it out if you can. I got some really great feedback on that. Um, last night was the Emmys. And I'm so confused. Again, I live in LA. I write about pop culture. I am not in the entertainment business. I do not know anything about it other than just being a fan. And I watched the Emmys last night with a bunch of people in the entertainment business. And it's so fascinating. But like, I didn't realize that the Emmys, because it does feel like there's just an award show every day. Like, I don't know how, like I get award season, but it just seems like a lot. And I don't care that much. I care about the fashion. But especially this year, it's like beef and the bear and succession. It's sort of like nobody else has stands a chance, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I mean, I'm here. I'm here for Karen Culkin and Jeremy Allen White. So that's all good. But it's award season Emmys. I didn't realize that the Emmys normally are not in January or not in this award season. They're usually in September, but because of the strike, it was delayed. And so now everybody's sort of catching up. And I guess the Emmys were for seasons that it's so confusing. So I guess we're going to have another Emmys in September. So everybody who is saying like, wasn't it just the Emmys is right. Cause it's going to be just the Emmys in, a, <laughs> in the fall. But I will say compared to the Golden Globes, if you guys care about such things, this was a fun, it was a fun award show. It was really fun. So you had a really great host. You had Anthony Anderson, who I love. I mean, I just love him. He's so funny. And uh, he's he, uh, obviously in blackish and grownish and all of the different issues and many other things. And he is a host. He's 
he just has it. And he had his mom in the audience who is hilarious and off script. She kept like, they had it scripted where that he would like shout out to his mom and his mom would like put her, put him in his place. But then she went off script sometimes and like started cutting people off. It was sort of funny. I have to say people brought the fashion. I, I, I enjoyed it, but they had, it was a 75th anniversary of the Emmys. So they brought all these sort of shows back for reunions. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. The skits were my unfortunate sadness because I love Tracy Ellis Ross and Natasha Leon, who I, I just, you know, I love them, but they did a skit. A I love Lucy tribute that did not work. It did not work. I didn't understand it. I was confused by it. Tracy Ellis Ross was dressed up like Lucy. And I guess Natasha Leon was supposed to be her sidekick. Was that, I forget, was that Betty? I can't remember. But anyway, she didn't change. She was wearing her Scarparelli, how do you say it? Scarparelli dress, which is amazing. And she was just like, she'd just come in from the audience. But then you had Tracy Ellis Ross, like in full Lucille Ball outfit with the lipstick and the whole hair thing. So I didn't understand. They were doing the chocolate on the uh, conveyor belt where they just started piling the chocolates in their mouths. And like Natasha Leon looks like she hasn't had chocolate since 1989. So it was just all very, I was confused by the entire situation. But the Emmys itself was fun. I'm sorry, but let's talk about Joan Collins for a minute. Joan Collins is like 90 years old and the work is, I mean, yes, she looks like she's had a couple of facelifts, but impeccable. I just wish the neck matched the face. If you know, you know, you know what I mean? But if I have, she, she comes out and she's like, stand up. Like I'm fucking Joan Dame Joan Collins, like, stand up, please. Stand up, please. And she just is so, her cognitive abilities, it's so interesting us humans. Like, I'll meet somebody in their 70s who, who's like unable to, you know, walk or comprehend a sentence. And, and then you see Joan Collins, who's 90 something or whatever she is. And she's unbelievable. And she's so with it. Maybe that's because she has a very young husband. She has a husband who uh, was friends with a guy I knew back in high school or college, but I think he's like mid 60s, which is like a 30 year difference. So but they've been together for the long haul. So maybe ladies, the answer to our cognitive health is to have a much younger man moving forward. So calling that out to everyone. Hear ye, hear ye. Let's get ourselves a man. If I were to date somebody 30 years younger, that means that I would be dating somebody in college. And I'm here for it. I mean, as long as they're over 18, I don't go to jail. I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, send in your applications, please. Uh, I'm at Brooke on Twitter. I'm at Brooke on Instagram. Would love your would love your thoughts and applications. Okay, so the Emmys were great. I have to say it was fun. There were some memeable moments. The fashion was great. There was a moment where at the end of it, Jeremy Allen White, I guess he realized it, but he had two buttons, either had unbuttoned or had popped off of his shirt. And so he was on stage and it was we were all like a closing close up on the screen. Um, but he seemingly was told because then he had his arms crossed, which was unfortunate. Yes, I am objectifying him a second week in a row but what are you going to do? But we have a lot of other pop culture stuff and I just want to give you a little quick synopsis and uh, we will have more ongoing. I did get a note from somebody in my newsletter. I wrote about a lot of things and the note was really beautiful. This person was like, thank you so much. I love it. I always learn new things, but she wanted to point out the cottage cheese has been on trend for over a year now. I'm well aware. 
I just want everyone to know. So I put it in the newsletter. I've written about cottage cheese before, but I just wanted the lasting power of this cottage cheese trend. Cottage cheese has become the sort of hot girl, it girl food. And it's been like that for a while. If you remember girl dinner, people, there's this whole trend around cottage cheese and raw vegetables with mustard. A friend of mine turned me on to it even before I saw all the videos. I do love it. Like a raw carrot, cucumbers, peppers, dip it in your cottage cheese, put a little like whatever kind of mustard you like, a Dijon, a honey Dijon, a yellow, whatever you dig. And it's a delicious and nutritious snack. And all of the TikTok girlies are all about cottage cheese. It's just gone to another level. It was what my, my sort of my point is like, they're using cottage cheese in situations that I don't know is necessary, like egg salad, but replace the mayonnaise with cottage cheese, chicken salad, replace the mayonnaise with cottage cheese, fried cottage cheese cakes instead of rice cakes. Like it's just gone to a level. People are trying to put like, you're going to start making pasta out of cottage cheese. It's just, and my sadness for this is we all know what happens to these trends when something becomes overly used. Cottage cheese, people are going to burn out on cottage cheese. And then the poor cottage cheese is going to be sitting there on the shelves, like in a year or two being like, we were so popular once. Like what happened? Why is nobody buying us? And then my heart goes out to those sad unpurchased containers of cottage cheese. But my point is, yes, it has been a trend for some time. It is a lasting one. I am a mayo girl. I'm just going to be be honest. I've talked about it here. I actually had a uh, breakup with a guy. We got back together, which I never should have. I mean, once the guy tells you to get out of the house because you brought mayonnaise in, why would I have gone back to him? Why would I have allowed him to apologize after I like literally went to stay in a hotel because I dared to bring not only chicken salad made from Bristol Farms, this was years ago, but also a container of mayonnaise into his home. And he was so egotistical and demented that he, I thought he was joking. He's like, you can't bring mayonnaise into my house. You have to leave. Like that's, that's an offense that I can't get behind. I thought it was a joke. I really did. Anyway, I stayed in a hotel I with my mayonnaise, by the way, I took that fucking chicken salad and I ate that chicken salad in that hotel room. And then he was like, I'm sorry, but you know, who's the bad person here? Who is it? Because he's demented. That's, he lives in that, but I took it back. I'm like, okay, yeah, you kicked me out of the house for eating mayonnaise, but I'll take you back. I mean, call the therapist, man. It's just it, going back. It's like, hindsight is 2020, my Lord, but I'm a Mayo girl. I also am a cottage cheese girl. I try to balance healthy balances, but I will say this, anybody who has ever eaten with me, and if you've eaten with me, you've most likely had French fries with me because it is my favorite food group. I am a French fry and mayo girl. And before you're shocked, it is very Parisian. It's very French of me. It is not like, this is not a trashy move. I find ketchup, ketchup has so much sugar in it. I'm not a ketchup girl. I am a mayonnaise girl. I am a Hellman's mayonnaise, which is known as Best Foods West of the Rockies. Same brand, different name. Hellman's mayonnaise in a, in on the East Coast, it's called bring on the Hellman's or bring out the Hellman's and bring out the best, which is a play on it's made by best foods. But west of the Rockies, it's bring out the best foods and bring out the best, which is not as interesting as the Hellman's as far as I'm concerned. But that's where we're going. My God, this is a podcast on mayonnaise and cottage cheese. We've really sunk to a new low. 
But there are other things going on and I wrote about, and I think we need to make them topical. First and foremost, I just want you guys to know that we are out of the clean girl aesthetic, that healthy, if you remember Nicole Richie, she sort of brought that sort of healthy, you slick your hair back, put it in a bun, you don't do anything, you just have a really healthy, low maintenance like makeup that doesn't look like makeup glow, light gloss on your lip. You wear the sort of uh, coastal grandmother, very chic, like think think Jenny Kane, think Kate, think that kind of look. Yeah. Well, we've entered into a new era. So the TikTok girlies tell us we are now in mafia wife genre, which is the antithesis. It's mob wife, the mob wife aesthetic. So think Carmela Soprano, think like Michelle Pfeiffer in whatever mob, married to the mob. It is big. It is audacious. It is the opposite of clean girl aesthetic. It is, I put a picture in the newsletter of Jennifer Lawrence at an after party. It is fur. It is animal print. It is leather. It is makeup. It is big hair. It is big sunglasses. It is everything that you could think of. It's leopard print on zebra print on fur. It's so much. Today, I'm going to show you how to dress like a mob wife. You'll need to start with an outfit that's comprised of entirely black garments. If you can add some leather in there, even better. If you look like you're going to a funeral, you know you're doing it right. Next, you want to dig out your mom's old fur jacket from the 80s. Nothing screams golden era of the mob like a jacket that lived in the golden era of the mob. Next, you need to overly accessorize with gold jewelry. Even better if these gifts were given to you as an anniversary or birthday present. Then you'll need to clip your hair up into this hairstyle in order to adequately show off the jewelry. Bonus points if you're wearing hoops. Then you need to add a pair of sunglasses that look like you've had them since 2003 because you probably have. And you'll need to add a designer bag, preferably an Italian designer. Activate the mob wife energy and you are ready to go for mob wife winter. I mean, this was my look in the maybe late 90s, early aughts. Like, I I don't know if I can go back to it, but maybe I never left it. I don't know. It's definitely a different aesthetic than what we, the genre of, of clean girlies has. So people want big hair, blowouts are back, big, big, big body and so forth. So just, you heard it here, mob wife aesthetic is is in. So keep an eye out if you have teenage kids or young adult kids and they start asking for like fur coats. <laughs> Godspeed to you. That's what's that's what's going on just so you're aware. Anyway, I'm also totally here for Carmela Soprano. So, you know, let's do it. Another thing that's happening if any of you are remotely following the 9 month cruise of a lifetime, the Royal Caribbean madness that is happening. And we've talked about it before. This is, you know, this was meant to be a reality show. It should have been a reality show. It's become a reality show, the ultimate world cruise. It should be on Bravo. It's a serenade of the seas, which is a Royal Caribbean ship. And it is on the the sort of trip for 274 nights, which is about nine months, exactly nine months. You have a few, like, I guess a bit over 700 people who are doing the entire run. And I guess in some cases, it's sort of like if you break it down, it's, it's, it's more affordable than paying rent for a New York City apartment, I guess. But there, there are different ranges, uh, apparently, of what this costs everywhere, anywhere between like 50 grand to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is 
depends on what kind of room you got and the whole setup. And so we've been following this. Different players have come out as sort of main characters, people who are putting it. I'm sure there is a majority of people are not on social media on their ship, but the ones that are range. They're young young people that have done it or influencers or people that are adventurers. They're single people of all different ages and shapes and sizes. They're grandparents. There's a uh, potentially swinging grandmother. There's this adorable grandparent couple who are talking to their kids about how they're spending all of their inheritance. There is a NASA, uh, a very well-regarded NASA executive, former NASA executive. He and his wife are on this big travel, like that's what they're doing in their retirement and they were doing social media about getting ready for this cruise. And in this journey of their sort of new adventures as a retired couple, the NASA scientist has also discovered that he is a she. And so very late in life, I'd say in their late 60s, 70s, something like that, he has become a she and wears feminine clothing on the ship and talks about it. And it's just, it's a lot of different genres. And there is this influencer who's a model slash stylist named Mark Sebastian, who's actually friends with people I know. And I've I've only heard amazing things. He's a lovely, lovely guy who made a TikTok like, please put cameras on this boat. Like, please, we need cameras. This is a reality show. Like we're invested. All of these people have these personalities and there's going to be drama. And this is just the beginning. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be like affairs and maybe murders or maybe, you know, uprisings, whatever it is. He was like, put cameras on the ship. And some genius, and in the newsletter, I imagine it's like a 23-year-old Spence girl who has a unpaid job as an intern at Atria Books, a publishing house, whose father is on the board. None of this is true, by the way, or it could be true. Who's to say it's not? But this is my my imagination of a 23-year-old girl wearing $10,000 worth of clothes whose dad is on the board of this publishing house. She graduated from Spence and probably... Mm, I don't know, maybe she went to NYU or maybe she went to Wellesley and she's now an intern at this publishing house and she was watching all of this unfold on TikTok and she went to her bosses and were like, oh my God, oh my God, we should sponsor somebody to get on the boat on one of the legs because that's another thing. So about half the ship is like there for the entire journey and then there are people who coming in different segments. So like 20 day segments or, or whatever it is. So she, in my imagination, somebody, like a 23-year-old, you know, rich intern at the publishing house goes to their bosses. And only after she had told her best friends while having espresso martinis on the Lower East Side, like, wouldn't it be so cool if we had somebody go and like read our book and do book talk on the ship? And the friend is like, oh my God, that's like so genius. You have to tell your bosses, like, what are they going to do? They can't fire you. Your dad's on the board. Hence the girl then the next day goes to her bosses and is like telling them something, which sounds like she's speaking in like, you know, Swahili. Cause they're like, what are you talking about? Who, what? Because they don't, they're not following TikTok and they're not reading PCM. Ken, welcome to the deep, dark imagination of my, 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 how much time I have on my hands. Anyway, regardless of how it went down, Atria Books, I guess, is a, this publisher p- hired this guy who was the one of the creators who was saying, please put cameras on the boat. And with the theory, thesis, that he was going to do a book club and read a book on the boat. 
get everybody to read it. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with book talk, it is massive. So I've talked about it here before. It is a huge sort of subculture on TikTok that's bled into other social uh, platforms. But I'm uh, for me, I'm here for it. Anything that gets more people reading and it's incredible and it's incredible for publishers and it's incredible for writers. And so they ended up picking Mark and crew picked, it's this book called the last one by Will Dean. And it is now, I think becoming a bestseller. People are buying it in droves and talking about it, but the irony, or I guess it's not, I guess it was handpicked for this reason is that it's about a dystopian sort of thing on a boat where there was one person left on this cruise ship and it's dark and it's twisted and it's hilarious that that's what he's reading. Mark Sebastian reading the last one, a kind of dystopian thriller set on a cruise ship. Reading that book on a cruise ship is like, it's like you're downstairs and upstairs you've got a sick kid and she's vomiting and there's a priest outside and you decide to read The Exorcist. So you're in a New York yellow cab and you're driving around and everything's very tense and you decide to get out your phone and watch Taxi Driver. It's like watching Shutter Island when you're on an island. It's like you bury your beloved family pet, heaven forbid, and then you guys just sit around and you watch Pet Cemetery. It's like watching Black Swan at the ballet. It's like it's a very foggy day and you decide to watch The Mist. It's like doing a spacewalk and in your <laughs> astronaut suit, you've got a phone and you're watching Gravity. It's like watching Batman in a cave. It's like you're in bed, you're in bed and you're, you're reading Gerald's game. And book talk, just so you guys have context, has, as of yesterday, 216 billion views. So that's across all of the different books that people... Billion. So it is a massive industry. And Mark is there being sponsored by this publisher, reading one of their books. And the writer of this book, who I also would like to say I would love to marry, is this gorgeous man who lives in, I, I think he's English, Will Dean, but he lives off the grid with his dog in a Swedish forest. And he's just as sort of like puzzled by this whole moment in time as the rest of us. And he's like, this is also such a strange book to pick because it might be too much. It might be too meta. But you have Mark not just reading the book, but giving us the tea, giving us the tea about this. Like he's like boat Andy Cohen and I, I'm, I can't get enough of it, but he breaks it down into sort of what's great there and what's not great there. He talks about sort of the inner workings of the personalities of the different people who I'm sure love that on the boat. He also has basically made it clear that there is a class system. As any society, it will fall into a class system. They have the pinnacle members. Those are like the frequent shipper, the frequent people on, on Royal Caribbean like status. And they have way more benefits than the regular person. So they could have spent more money. Somebody could have spent $100,000 to go on this trip. And a pinnacle member may have spent half of that, but the pinnacle member gets priority. And I think that's been rubbing people the wrong way. So much so that they have their own elevator, they have their own events, they get water in their room. Whereas if you're not pinnacle member, you don't get free complimentary water. Um, I mean, but Mark goes really meta, like he's going in about the art and showing like, it's just, it's, it's great. I'm here for it. I can't get enough of it. I know a lot of my friends in different stages of life, uh, in different stages of pop culture, in sort of indifference or delight, are all following it. So it's bringing us together. And another 
I think, side consequence of this is it's teaching a lot of us about geography. Like I thought I know about geography, but TikTok tells like there's these TikToks where it's like name three countries that start with P. And I'm like, oh, I have to I have to really get my brain going. But now we're learning about the, the geography of the like where the boat's going. So there was this whole segment that so many different creators on the ship were talking about the Drake Passage, the Drake Passage. I'm like, I have never heard of the Drake Passage. Now I know where the Drake Passage is. And now the boat has been diverted from the Falkland Islands because of weather and everybody's really bummed. And now you understand the Drake Passage sort of leads into the Falkland Islands. Anyway, I am here for it. We are learning. We're reading. We're learning geography. So for all of you people who say TikTok's a bad thing, I am I am telling you, it is teaching me more than 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th grade ever did. FYI, I'm here for it. I'm learning. Who knew that I could still learn? So that was a big one. The other big thing that's, I I just find it sort of amusing is the cyber truck reviews are coming out and you know, it's just fun to like, it is fun to sort of dunk on the, the silly looking truck. I mean, again, I say this, I am all for innovation and I would not be as harsh on space Karen if it weren't for the fact that he is out there being like trying to be the next Donald Trump and saying hateful, horrible things and using his social platform for bad. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be dunking on him as much if he had just stayed in his sort of, you know, really amazing innovative lane where he's focused on satellites and rockets and electric cars and so forth. But the funny reviews are coming out about the, the cyber truck not being able to handle just a little, little bit of snow. And it's like 8,000 pounds, 7,000 pounds. And, you know, it can't handle a little bit of snow to be fair. I can't drive in the snow. I don't care what I'm driving, but it is about the tires. Like you do need, you do need special tires, but it's still, it, the, 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 the cyber truck videos where it's just a little, like a sprinkling of snow and it gets stuck. It also just weighs so much. It's going to be, it's not legal in Europe because Europeans care about pedestrians and other cars. So if that car, that truck hits you or another car that is not a cyber truck, it's like being hit by titanium steel, like you're sliced into oblivion. And I, as I point out in the newsletter, maybe this is Elon's point, like get enough people driving them and hurting other people that you're just sort of forced to buy one too, because you better be safe than sorry. So we'll see. Uh, if you have a cyber truck, please, please send me pictures. I want to, I want to understand. There are some positive reviews. I mean, look, I'm all for change and innovation, but I will say to take 45 minutes to charge a car of any kind is unacceptable to me. Like I got gas yesterday. I have a hybrid and this is the first time I got gas since October. That was delightful, delightful. It took me all of six minutes to fill out my tank. And in that six minutes, it's a very well lit gas station. I could have gone in and gotten a Slurpee. I could have gotten a hot dog. I could have used the bathroom. Um, as this gentleman points out, they don't have that for electric charging stations. I recently bought a Tesla and uh, it told me to come to this charging station. There's no bathrooms, no coffee and no junk food. And I have to stick around for half an hour. <laughs> I miss gas stations. I think he's dead on. What do you think? And 
I'm going to close on this sort of corporate culture moment we're in. And, you know, I know it's a really tough time, especially, well, in all industries, but in tech, we're seeing a ton of layoffs. We're seeing a ton of changes in that world. We're seeing a lot of tech companies say like, hold your horses. We're coming back to the office. We know we said it. We've seen this. It's been a trend for a year now where founders and CEOs touted their laissez-faire approach to work and saying, you can work from wherever, we're unbelievable, we're a distributed network now. Um, and they have you know, done a complete 180 on that and saying, come back to work. So WebMD is the latest example of, of making this not up for discussion, but they did it in such a awkward, cringe way in a video that you know, you could just see people sitting in a corporate office with whiteboards and are like, oh my God, oh my God. And then we'll have Alice from accounting and she's so great and we want diversity. So we're going to have this person and that person, but we want to motivate people back to the office. So we're going to play Ico Ico in the background because we're cool because we're cool. But the CEO is going to be like really nice and sweet about it, but then be like, guess what guys? Like, this is not me giving you a suggestion. This is going into practice, like, <laughs> like evil shit. It was just so poorly executed and thought out. It was like, I don't want to work at WebMD that bad. And also he was like saying things like, we're going to crush our competition. Like what's a competition? Google? I don't understand. Like your WebMD, all you do is tell me that I have a brain tumor or I'm dying of some horrible disease. Like I don't understand the value prop there to, to require people to move back into the office. So Okay. Godspeed. And then there's a, a very talked about video going around of a young woman, I think was in a sales position who works at a cloud company called Cloudflare or did. And she filmed, which, you know, my God, I can't even imagine what, what being an HR person or an executive in this moment in time when you're when your employees can film this. And I will say, if you're being laid off and you're in person, it is unlikely you can film it. At least you would have to go through great lengths to to hide the filming. Whereas if you're doing it via Zoom, you can film yourself. And she did. And she advocated for herself. I, I would say... I didn't love her approach, but I also hated their approach. And they tried to make it a layoff, but then they made it about her personal performance. And the executive who was talking to her did not sound confident. He should not have been doing it. The people that laid her off were not, or fired her did not have any relationship to her. So it wasn't her manager. Anyway, it just, it causes a lot of conversation. It struck a chord with a lot of people. And it is an interesting thing. Like you do have to be much more thoughtful in your layoffs or firing, if that person is virtual, you just do, you have to be so buttoned up anyway, but even more so. And basically I don't care what business you're in. You do not fire somebody that you've not met. You have to have your direct report there. You have to have answers. You have to have an understanding of who this person is. So for all you HR managers, that are listening to this, you know, get your act together on this one. But no, I, I joke. It is, um, it's a tough, it's, it's not an easy thing, but especially now when everybody has a camera, um, you will be put on blast and boy did Cloudflare, the CEO had to respond and it just, it had its viral moment. It went from TikTok to Instagram to Twitter. So it was sort of the trifecta, if you will. 
Anyway, there's a bajillion other things going on, but I don't want to bore you. You guys are doing your like rich mom walk and um, are like, okay, I'm done. Can we wrap this up? I am going to end on my makeout Mary mute. So let's let's talk about it. I think the makeout session, I, uh, I mean, I'm still in that Calvin Klein ad headspace. And I think specifically because of the, the, I can't get away from the in your face ads like along Sunset Boulevard. There's not just a photograph of an ad of Jeremy Allen White in his underwear eating an apple, but now there's a video component on another billboard. I just have to say I make out with him. A friend of mine uh, let me know that she saw him like walking his kids in their neighborhood and I was like, I want to come over immediately. But anyway, he he is a lovely, lovely, lovely man. His co-star Eben, who also won the Emmy last night and they're just hilarious. He, he kissed the other co-star. It was great. Um, I knew Eben back in the day, just a lovely guy. All these guys are just darling and I just want to make out with all of them. Mary, honestly, I want to marry Matt Boner, Bomer, Bomer. (laughs) I say Boner. That was a Freudian slip. I am not his type. I am most definitely not his type, but I'm okay. I'm very here for the Barry Diller, Diane von Furstenberg situation. It really works. He's the most gorgeous man. I don't know if you guys have seen fellow travelers, but I am fully here to be the beard to Matt Bomer. Um, just subscribe, 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 subscribe. And I mute... I mean, this is an obvious one, but we're deep in the political trenches. We had the Iowa caucuses. We're moving to New Hampshire. We have the E. Jean Carroll trial being used as a campaign stop. I'd like to mute Trump. I'd like to mute Trump and his stinky, stinky body. I just want to mute him. I I hate to see what's coming. I hate to see this for us. I mean, I hate DeSantis too. I, I just want to mute the whole thing. I want to mute the Republican primaries. So how about that? And that is it, my darlings. I will report back on my New York City adventures, uh, assuming I get there because of weather. And um, if I don't hit you up when I'm in New York, I am so, so sorry. I am there for a hot second and I will be back when it's warmer. Have an amazing week and send me tips. Send me things you want me to write about or talk about because I love hearing from you guys. Have a great week. Pop culture Monday. On Thursday.